to Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. This is episode 73, if I recall correctly, and I think I do. Um, and with me this week is the always loved Jonathan Metz. Oh, hi. It's it's so nice to make my debut on this podcast. Uh, yeah, jo- Johnny, uh, for those of you who aren't aware, he um, was the co-founder of the original format for Radio Trivia. So I was lobbying um, really hard for Carly to be doing this episode, so that way you have know. the trifecta of the Britons. Uh, my problem is I keep, I don't plan it when I record this well enough ahead of time, <laughs> and it's really difficult to do it on a Sunday with, with Carly, because I know it's it's like Monday there. So, yeah, no, actually, um, the way the way you do it makes it easier for you to kind of get a, the smorgasbord of people on the show, whereas the way we do RFN is that it's very rigidly at the same time on the same night of every week, yeah. because that's that just provides the consistency that we need to actually pull it off every week, mm-hmm. and uh, and it, it's great for the show, but it makes it hard for us to get guests, because yeah. they really have to conform to our schedule. It's yeah, a little inside well, podcast here, no, so we gotta, I, don't, I don't know how much people I gotta care. Get, I gotta get her back on. I'll, I'll figure out a time. Yeah, you got win her back, man. Do it. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, with with that, uh, this is actually a slightly unconventional episode in that uh, Johnny picked all the uh, songs and, and games. Um, well, except for one song, but uh, <laughs> he picked the songs and games. But you swapped and, it out. Uh, I did pick it out, but you swapped it. I, I, I swapped else. one of them. Um, and I do know what all the selections are this time. This is not me in the dark. I, I kind of wish I were playing in the dark, but uh, it's, that's, course, that's a lot of work. It, it's it's a, a little more work. trouble to do it that way. And plus, um, I knew I was going to have a theme this week. I thought about this when I was listening to uh, last week, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. when I was listening to the last episode. A couple weeks ago, yeah. But I, I had the idea for a theme show where all the games that I, that I picked out would be basically import games. So we've done before where we've done like Japanese games, but and that's kind of nice because it lets it lets everybody discover some music of a game that they probably never played before. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this one, I thought it'd be interesting to do an import show where these are all games that um, were not released in North America initially but have since come out here one way or another. So these are games that you very likely could have played. Um, but all of these games, the songs are from versions that were released in North America, correct? Uh, yes. All of these all right. ha- have been legitimately, are legitimately available to a North American audience. Yes. And the format which we are listening to is available in the U.S.? Uh, yes, I believe so. All right. So with that, I think um, that's a very huge hint for all of these games. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know. So uh, just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Music.
All right. A very pleasant beginning to the show. Pleasant it is. song makes me think of water for some reason and now I have to go pee <laughs> alright well you can do that during game 3 <laughs> song 3 just kidding um, I, I don't know I haven't played this game so I don't know if it uh, if the song actually has something to do with water well if it doesn't then they did a bad job that's because... right yeah that would not that music would not be good for a fire temple <laughs> <clears throat> alright um, uh, so uh Johnny, I believe you're going to ask the questions. Yeah, sure. Um, so the the hint hint alicious question uh, for this game: What popular game mechanic was introduced in this entry of the long running franchise? Full of hints, full full of help there. Yes, very full of help. And and remember, this is a game that uh, originally was not released in North America, but later was. I mean, how many more hints do you need, really? <laughs> just, just, shh. <laughs>
Now, my question for you, Mike, is did you recognize anything about that song? Well, the very intro of that, that song kind of sounds like a Final Fantasy intro. Mm-hmm. Well, that, so. yeah, so that song is very similar to the battle theme for Final Fantasy IV, um, which is a yeah, game, but... game you and I both have played quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, this this game, actually, that we just played music from, I have not played. I doubt you have either. It's called Final Fantasy no. III um, for the Nintendo DS. And that battle theme, it, it makes me wonder if that's actually a recreation of something in the original Famicom version, or if it's something that Matrix Software and Square Enix kind of adapted from the later Final Fantasy games to put back into three. I don't know. Um, I don't either. I feel like, b- based on the handful of songs I just heard, I feel like this, either the compositions or the, or the rearrangements of them feel kind of uninspired. They kind of, I don't know. The, to me, they don't have that punch that I, I would expect. So maybe they are based on the Famicom, <laughs> on the Famicom <laughs> music. I, I, um, I like the music from what I've heard of this. Um, and actually, listening to the soundtrack as I picked these out today... It reminded me that I really do kind of need to go and, and play this because when it came out on DS, I was really excited beforehand, and then I heard, you know, I read some of the reviews, and mm-hmm. a sp- a, certainly the review on our site had some things that raised alarms for me. Yeah. And the scores weren't that high, and people complained about it being too old school. And at the time, that really put me off, and now I think about it, and I'm like, that probably should not bother me. You know, I yeah. mean, the kind of games you, I play. You love and, Dragon Quest. I mean, yeah, old so, school doesn't bother you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I've played plenty of the original Final Fantasy, so I doubt the third one being old school is really going to bother me. So, yeah. um, and you know, it's it runs on the same engine and everything as Final Fantasy IV for DS. Although I think mm-hmm. it has less, the story is less involved, so I don't think there's as much cinema. I don't think there's voice acting and stuff like that. But yeah, um, it, it I'm seems sure like it looks a, good. Yeah, I, I know it looks good. I played like 30 seconds of it at E3, <laughs> E3 a yeah, long same time ago. But um, now, weren't they demoing that on like a, a old ass DS at the time where you couldn't <laughs> even see shit? <laughs> probably. I don't even remember. But yeah, I mean, I, that's a game I really should go out and pick up, and I could probably find a copy of it for cheap. Yeah. But um, and if anyone's a little confused about this, um, uh, you may or may not know that Final Fantasy III, a game called Final Fantasy III was released in America back in the, in the mid-90s for Super Nintendo, um, and of course that was uh, actually Final Fantasy VI, and that they had renamed it to, you know, to keep up with their terrible numbering system in America, um, to kind of cover up the fact that they didn't release a lot of the, a lot of the previous Final Fantasies in America. Um, and so Final Fantasy III for DS is a remake of the actual Real Final Fantasy 3, which was originally a Famicom game, it should have come over on the NES, and it didn't. For that matter, neither did 2. Um, and so, it's it's really a shame that they never did, but I, I, I respect Square a lot for uh, for bringing this over. Of course, we've had Final Fantasy 2 re-released on Game Boy Advance and um, PlayStation 1 and, and yeah. some other systems. Um, PSP, I think there's a version. Um, but Final Fantasy III, uh, the DS remake, is the first and only time that game has ever been released in America. So that was the first ever translation of it, official translation. Um, and uh, yeah, I really, I really should go out and play it. So uh, th- this game introduced the job system, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the game mechanic. Uh, very popular. I mean, I, I think 
it's a fairly crude version of it. It was the it was the first appearance of the job system, um, and then it came back in Final Fantasy V, and uh, in, a, in a more beefed up, sophisticated version, and then uh, and then it, it disappeared until Final Fantasy Tactics in the late '90s for PS1, which I think is the best version of the job system. Wait, I, so Final Fantasy IV does not have this job system? No. So I've never played a game with this job system. That's that what it speaking. sounds like. Well, I mean, actually, Final Fantasy thirteen. I know you've been playing that. Yeah, it has par- paradigms, which I guess the paradigms are idea. basically the job system. It's just a. It's just that you can swap them out in the middle of the battle, whereas right. in most of the other ones, it's more something you do in the menus between battles, mm-hmm. and you would develop them up. But I mean, it, other than that, it works pretty much the same way. And the idea is that your character is kind of a template, and you can assign all the, these different sets of skills and growth trees to to characters and you can swap those up to change your tactical opportunities and options in battle. Um, it, it's, it's really interesting stuff when done well. It, it can seem a little overwhelming I think to some players, but um, if you really get into it, you'll appreciate the depth that that offers. On the other hand, I love what they do in Final Fantasy IV where each character is truly unique and you, know, and you don't even get to choose which characters are in your battle, so you're constantly having to evolve your your approach to the battle system because the characters that you have available to you change um, without your control. And so you have to adapt as you go through. And I, I really like that too. Final Fantasy thirteen kind of does that too for the first half of the game. It does. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. And I, and I like that about it. I like that. It's weird. I like... In Final Fantasy, I have this really love-hate relationship with customization because I love the, you know, the feeling of empowerment that you get from customizing your characters. But at the same time there's a chance for that to really strip away the personality, mm-hmm. the gameplay uniqueness of the characters, and I think like FF7 is a good example of where really there's not any real significant difference from between among all the different characters, and so by the end of the game it doesn't really matter who you put in your party. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a shame, you know. I, I think Final Fantasy VI is probably my favorite one, because um, there you have characters that they all have different unique abilities, but you can choose which ones go in your party. So you can really build a party that fits your style. And then, in order to keep that from becoming broken, they start to introduce these puzzles late in the game, or these dungeons late in the game, where you have to select multiple parties. And because like there's so much going on that you have like two or three different parties moving around in tandem, and you switch among them. And so then you might have to use some characters that you normally don't. Right. But you still get to yeah. choose how they get paired up. So, and, and a lot of other RPGs have done that subsequently. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely, I know Tales of uh, Symphonia did that quite a few times. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, check out Final Fantasy three for DS and Final Fantasy three for your virtual console. <laughs> Two different games. <laughs> Final, well, Final Fantasy three, <laughs> Final <laughs> Fantasy six, also known in the U.S. as Final Fantasy three for Super Nintendo, is not available on virtual console yet. And, oh, really? Um, I thought it was released. Okay. It was announced at GDC 2009. <laughs> um, yes. Okay, but, so it's Final Fantasy 2 has been released. That's right. And, and I'm sure 3 is coming at some point. And uh, oh, I'm, I, that is, a, that is a, a 100% purchase for me. I mean, I, I own it on Super Nintendo, but that's up in a box somewhere. Um, and that's probably my, fi- my favorite Final Fantasy. Or it's tied with 4, I think. But um, 
I will gladly pay $8 to, uh, to have access to that on my Wii. But hopefully by the end of the year, <laughs> that's coming out. Okay, sorry, false advertisement, guys. It's okay. You would think that, I mean, it should be. Yeah. It should be, but it's not yet. I don't well, know Well, you why. can pick it up for the GBA, too. Uh, you can hunt down an old, co- old copy of that. Yeah, I guess really that's want. supposed to be a pretty good version. Yeah. I well, it's probably a better translation. I mean. Yeah, I'm sure it is. But the, but the translation on Super Nintendo was not bad. It was much, much, much better than what we got from 4. Well, I think we've talked enough about uh Yeah, and e- even I'm, at this point, getting myself confused about the numbers. <laughs> so. Well, you know, Square doesn't make it any easier when, when they finally <laughs> clear things up and then they release on Virtual Console. <laughs> exactly. The, the Fubard version. With the old name. <laughs> the old, terrible, <laughs> crap name. Although, it might be Nintendo insisting on that. Who knows? Yeah, I um, don't know. They'd have to redo the title screen, so... Yeah. some pretty screwed up music there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I tried really hard not to uh, choose any boring songs for this episode, so... Uh, <laughs> well, that that certainly spices things up. It's bizarro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Maybe the next one's a little calmer. <laughs> it, I think it is, yeah.
that wasn't so bad, was it? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say it still classifies as strange, but I like it. <laughs> uh, this is a very strange game. So your hint question is, this is a spiritual successor to what classic run-and-gun Genesis title? Yeah, that, that sounds like some song that would come out of this developer. Yeah. Definitely. Well, the developer is Treasure, and yeah. the game is Alien Soldier, which I now really want to play after hearing the crazy-ass music in this game, <laughs> and then I watched a video for it to prepare for the show, and I'd always heard that Alien Soldier is kind of basically just a boss rush game, which sounds like maybe not a great value, you know? Oh, most treasure games are boss rush games, but... Yeah, but I mean, I heard that Alien Soldier was basically just boss, 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 like, with literally nothing in between. Okay. And from the video I saw, I, you know, there was more to it than that. And it looks like the character has lots of interesting moves, and um, it looked like a lot of fun. And it, and it looks sufficiently different from Gunstar Heroes to remain interesting. Because mm. that that's the game that this is a spiritual successor to. I mean, that might be arguable, but I mean, you know, it is a, it is a run-and-gun title on Genesis. Um, it plays <laughs> similarly in a lot of ways. You, you're running around shooting crazy energy beams at dudes. And, uh, does, does it have like a combo system like the, the Gunstar Heroes game? Or? I think every treasure game has a combo system. <laughs> well, no, I mean like where you can combine two, uh, no, two weapons. No, I, I don't think so. But it does have selectable weapons. Okay. 
there's like a wheel that comes up where you select your weapons, and that and you can do that during gameplay. Because I think there's only one character, but I'm not totally sure about that. I ha like I said, I haven't actually played Alien Soldier, um, but I want to. Are the visuals as screwed up as the music, or? Um, well, the main character is kind of like this really tall, armored chicken, but otherwise, okay. <laughs> otherwise it looks fairly normal for a, you know, for a space alien shooting action game yeah. of the 16-bit era, um, I guess. See, that description <laughs> makes it sound like Earthworm Jim with a chicken instead of a worm. You know, that, description. that might be fair. I think it's, uh... I think it's less platformery than Earthworm Jim, you know. But yeah, that might be fair. I don't know. I, I'm not a huge fan of Earthworm Jim, but I'm not either. It's okay. Uh, well, Johnny likes his chicken suits. <laughs> but that's uh, that's Alien Soldier, and um, that is available on Virtual Console for I think 900 points because it's important. And um, it was a I believe it might have been released in Europe for the Mega Drive, um, but it definitely did not come out in America for Genesis until now. Well, hmm, maybe I'll pick that up on my Japanese Virtual Console. I, I really have I have points festering on my Japanese Wii. Well, and, you'd uh, save three bucks if you did that. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, a lot cheaper. So. Yeah, because Genesis games are only 600 points in Japan, right? Yep. And you wouldn't have to pay the import. Exactly. Bonus. Yeah. That might be good. So, that would be a good choice. <clears throat> Anywho, we'll go on to the third game. some very heavy um, fake electric guitar there. <laughs> yeah, I would describe most of the music for this game as smooth jazz as interpreted by a heavy metal band. <laughs> uh, not, Thunder. not my favorite combination, but um, <laughs> it, uh, it fit the theme, and this was a listener request as well, so I picked it, and then and then you told me, oh, someone's requested that already, so it's a good convergence. Well, uh, t to be quite honest, I've been sitting on this request until someone else came along, so they also wanted it. So, Well, <laughs> hey, it worked out. You've made someone very at home very happy. Yay! <laughs> Thank you. 
smooth metal. You know, <laughs> you know I I, th- I have to think that some of our listeners are having trouble figuring out what system this is even on. Yeah, I mean, um, it's <laughs> yes, it's it's really not that great, is it? <laughs> no, but but here's the question anyway. Um, yeah, what is the English phrase your character shouts when the countdown timer is reset? It's actually a lot of English in this game. Yes, there is. Please make it stop. <laughs> Please continue. Get bonus. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this this uh, is sin and punishment. Yes. Successor <laughs> to the earth or of um, the earth. I'm not exactly sure, but. Yeah. And um, Johnny, you'll be you'll be happy to know that the sequel to this game uh, has almost exactly the same music. You, I, I really couldn't tell what system you, this was for. Wait. I mean, you you're joking, right? The sequel, the music is very similar to this. Very, very similar to this. I I would not have been able to tell which system this was on. That might have to be a podcast game for me. (laughs) I just throw on my headphones while I play it. (laughs) Well, uh, based on what I recall, um, the funny thing about both Sin and Punishment and uh, the sequel, which I actually imported, um, to justify my import, we, of course, um, is that I played through both precisely once, and I don't regret that, and I don't regret purchasing them because I had a lot of fun. But I don't feel the urge to go back and, and play the games again. You're not now, a scorehound I, like Greg. I, no, I'm not. I, and I mean, this version, the N64 game, um, there's actually more bosses. I think if you do the harder modes, so there really oh, yeah. is an incentive to yeah. to go back and play it. But the game is just balls hard, and unless I'm in the zone, I really just can't play it well. Um, and so, to me, it just—I got that experience. I got what I wanted out of it, and I don't—I don't feel compelled to go back and scratch and claw it. Well, to be fair, for people who haven't played Sin and Punishment before, um, it is available on Virtual Console now, which is why it's on this episode. Um, 
I, I have it on N64. Um, Billy bought me an import copy. I've I, I probably said this before. Um, and I also have it on Virtual Console um, because it, it does actually, I think it plays a little better with a classic controller. It's just more comfortable yeah. um, than with an N64 controller. And it looks better too. It looks a lot better on, on Well, it's Wii. upscale. Yeah, it looks really nice on Wii. But um, although it is certainly a challenging game, I'm not going to argue with you at all. I do think that Sin and Punishment is a game that most people will be able to play, will be able to see most of the game, even if they totally suck. Because it's not, it's not like it's, um, it's hard to do well, but it's not necessarily hard to make progress. It's not like Ikaruga, where you could very easily get a game over in the first stage. I mean, I think I played Ikaruga for a couple of days before I could get to the second level. You know, it's not like that. Yeah, it's not like that. It's still pretty hard. I think, I think it's harder than you're describing it because the, the way the continue system works, you have to earn your continues. And I definitely ran out of continues after the first couple of levels, first time I played it. And, and it, it took me quite a few tries before I actually had enough momentum to, to where I was progressing at a rate comparable to the rate at which I was consuming my continues. And so I was able to move along. But Definitely the first three or four times I tried this game, um, I kind of threw up, up my hands in frustration, even on the first level. Um, and, and part of it's the controls. Even even though they're better when you're using the classic controller, it's still like playing two games at once. It is, and, I, and so, I'm sure it's going to be much better on Wii. Like oh, the controls are much more smooth on Wii. Yeah. It, it's still a, a, a balls-hard game, but it's a balls-hard game without being like tapping your head and rubbing your tongue. And what I'll say about the original, at least the N64 game, is that um, Sin and Punishment is not about memorization. No. That that may help you if, if you want to take the time to memorize enemy patterns and shot patterns and things, that might help you, but you don't need to memorize it. It's more about quick reactions, knowing, knowing the strategy of the way the game's played, knowing how to prioritize shooting and slashing and moving around and yeah. just having good reflexes. And, and I think that's why it appeals to me a lot more than you know, a lot of shoot-em-ups. Because, I mean, in many ways, it is basically a shoot-em-up. It's from a different perspective, but it's pretty much, it's like a hard version of Star Fox, you know? Yeah. It's, a, it's basically just a shooter. And um, your, your character's just always moving forward, basically. And all you have to do is move left and right, up and down, and shoot. And, well, and jump. But... Shoot and jump, yeah. So, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting game. There's really not a whole lot else like it. I mean, Star Fox is the closest thing, but... Even that's different. I mean, that, It feels quite a bit different than Star Fox. Yeah, even. Star Fox's presentation is different, the way in which it mm-hmm. has branching level designs, yeah. at least if you're talking about Star Fox 64. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, they're similar in a lot of ways, but they, they're also pretty distinct. Uh, but I, I will say Sin and Punishment 2 does scratch some of that itch um, when you play. I mean, it, it's definitely a different angle, but it, it's... You know, it's such closer to Star Fox that Nintendo's given us for a yeah. while on the console, at least. Well, I'm I'm very I'm very excited about it. I mean, it for me it sits in a similar place as Galaxy Two has been in that I'm not I'm not that hyped about it because I kind of know what Sin and Punishment Two is. I mean, it's yeah. very 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 similar to the first game. It's it's more refined. It has better controls. Otherwise, you know, there's not that much difference, and I already have played the first one. I think for most people, most people probably haven't played the first one. And so, well, first off, they don't really have much excuse, because it's available on Virtual Console in, in every region now. 
But um, even if you haven't played that, I think you should be excited about Sin and Punishment 2, because, or Star Successor, they're calling it here. Um, because yeah. it's going to be a really good game. Yeah, I mean, I don't know which one, if you're like on the fence, I don't know which version I'd recommend you pick up if you're curious about the series. I mean, the, the N64 one's a lot cheaper on virtual console, but the controls are a little bit of a barrier compared with the, yeah. the sequel. So It's going to be harder know. to play the, the N64 one. I mean, it's just a little clunkier, you know? Yeah. So, so it, it's, it's, it's cheaper, uh, though. Yeah, so I, I can't I can't make a recommendation one way or the other. Um, but uh, if you want to support Wii games, buy the Wii games. But <laughs> I don't subscribe to that philosophy. Buy whatever you want to buy. Right. Now, I, I would say you should probably buy the Wii game, and if you like it, go download the original. Because then you'll yeah. be very well prepared for the gameplay, and it'll be pretty easy for you, I would think, to adapt to the controls. Yeah, and, and, and the graphics aren't going to be that much better on Wii anyway, so it's not like you'll be blown oh, snap. <laughs> you, won't, you won't be blown like, oh, wow, this thing looks like crap. The Wii game is fluid and it has a lot of things on the screen, but the art direction and, and the individual character models are eh, not so much. Yeah. yeah. But, well, even in the first one, I don't, I don't think the art exactly. is that great, but as an N64 game, I think it's technically very, very impressive. Even now, you go back and look at it, it's like, this is an N64 game I can stand to look at. Whereas a lot of them from back then, I really can't anymore. Yeah, that's but, uh, fair. I think I think Sin and Punishment has aged pretty well in the graphics department for being a ten-year-old game now. You know. All right, there you go. Play one or the other. Just play some. Play yourself. Get yourself some Sin and Punishment. And by the way, I kind of already answered it, but the answer to the bonus question, the English phrase your character shouts when the countdown timer is reset, is "Get bonus." Get bonus. Yeah. You do it better uh, than I do. <laughs> get bonus. And, in, and when you uh, let the countdown go down for when you're continuing, yes. it says, please continue. I know. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the acting is so bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's weird because that game is in English. Like, almost all of the dialogue is in English. Yeah. But um, it's... <laughs> the game makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> no. Um, and it's weird because the people don't... The people speaking the English don't really have... Japanese accents, so I think they might actually be native English speakers. Yeah. But they're reading a script that was not copy edited at all. I mean, it's a, <laughs> I mean, it's truly a strange combination because it sounds like American voices reading English, reading yeah. an English script for a Japanese audience. The game was never even released in in English speaking territory until you know 2008 on virtual console. So. Yeah. It's a, it's a strange situation. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm really curious to see what the, uh, the American localization is like because they use the Japanese voices in the Japanese version. So right, yeah, yeah, they're gonna have to localize it. So I mean, but with a game like this, do you do you actually try to have good voice acting or do you do you make it absurdly bad? I don't I mean, know, but you what, do what have to re. Well, I think you do have to re-record it because it's not a game where you can leave it in Japanese and just throw up subtitles because a lot of times the people are talking while you're playing and this is not a game where you can take your eyes off the action to, to read yeah. subtitles. Yeah. So I think I they are going to have to do English voices. I think I'm going to go the, the really crappy North American anime localization route. Probably. That's what I, I think it's going to sound like. Which is sort of fitting for the game, to be honest. Yeah, sure. I would prefer that they save their their voice acting budget for Metroid and Zelda. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. 
Oh, uh, I should say who also requested it. Uh, this was requested by uh, Tyson, and it's one of the first requests I have on my list, so it's been a very long time. So there you go, Tyson. I hope Tyson's still listening. I'm sure he is. <laughs> Man, this must be a goofy, silly-ass game. We'll see.
So this is almost like heavy metal as interpreted by a jazz band. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yes. I guess that's a fairly accurate statement. <laughs> that particular song, at least. Uh, well, at least it isn't a treasure game. I'll, I'll give him that. No, it's not a treasure uh, game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so the, well, you want to read the question? Yes, yeah. The uh, Your hint question, if you need it on this one, is uh, what is the full name of the unlockable second character?
it is decidedly smooth, even for the action song, isn't it? Oh yes, yes. Well, that's <laughs> that's Castlevania for you. Yeah, yeah, guys, we three in a row. Is basically. it? Is it really three in a row? <laughs> well, I, I had a mini episode without Castlevania, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, okay, maybe we should lay off for a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, this is this is Castlevania Rondo of Blood. Um, Although the the original version is called Akamujo Dracula X, I think um, yes. I probably butchered that Akumajo something, but Akumajo Dracula X. Ah, go to the expert. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this is the Turbo CD game that was uh, released in Japan. Was... Yes, folks, that was CD music. I know. Well, <laughs> I, I've been really critical of this game since it came out on Virtual Console. I finally got a chance to play it now. Um, you know, I said, this isn't really, you know, super awesome CD music. I mean, this is not far beyond what you could do on yeah. Super Nintendo. And Greg pointed out that, yeah, but it's a lot better than you could do on Turbo Graphics without CD. <laughs> which is a very good point. So, um, you know, I think the music in Super Castlevania 4, which is just a simple cartridge game, is just as good. There might be yeah. certain instrument samples that aren't as good, but I think overall the music sounds great yeah. on Super Nintendo. But I, I will say that I, I'm, I'm, earning, I'm learning a little more respect for the uh, compositions in Rondo of Blood. I think it has some pretty interesting song choices. And, you know, and there's some weird out there stuff too, like that first song that you played is the, I think that's the ending thing for Maria. Yes, and and that's the answer to the trivia question as well. Uh, Maria Renard, she's the uh, unlockable character, and it took. I played I played through most of the game as uh, uh, Richter Belmont before I was finally like, wasn't there supposed to be another character here? And I went online and read about how to get her, and it turns out, you, I mean, she's hidden in like the second level or something. I mean, she, it's very mm. early in the game, but if you don't find her you could very easily play through the rest of the game with Richter and, and not even know she's there, you know? Right. Um, so I, I think it's just one of those things where fans of the game have known about it for so long that they don't even think about it. But if it's your first time playing, you can easily miss Maria. And, yeah. And she's definitely worth getting because playing as her is, first off, it's, it's almost like an easy mode. I mean, she's much hmm. more agile than Richter. She, she plays a lot more like... Um, she plays a little bit like Alucard from Symphony of the Night. I mean, she's just more agile. Okay. She's a lot more um, versatile with her attacks. And um, and the game is generally, I think, easier when playing as her. Um, I may need to check this out because I um, I downloaded this after Greg pushed it so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Didn't like it. Japanese, and I hated it. I mean, this was like the second chance for classic Castlevania, and <laughs> it failed miserably. I'm like, yeah... I do hate Castlevania when it was on the NES, so um, I, I this sounds good because one of my primary complaints about this game and, and the NES Castlevania games, and to a lesser extent the Super Castlevania game, is uh, is the controller just so clunky. I just feel yeah. like I'm, I'm playing as a tank, and it just is not fun for me. I, I feel like um, the game is hard because of these handcuffs that have been put on me. Not right. Not I mean it's kind of like Super Ghouls and Ghosts type. And Richter is slightly less clunky in Rondo of Blood than the previous Belmonts have been in the games exactly. before that, but he's still 
Yeah, I mean, and when you play as Maria, it is night and day. I mean, she's zooming all over the screen. So, um, and again, she's quite easy to unlock if you know what to do. And then you can play freely as her through the, the rest of the game. And uh, I would re definitely recommend that you go do that. For me, I was with you at first. I was like, man, this is a real disappointment. I wasn't that crazy about it. But I put it down for a couple weeks. I went back to it. I kind of powered on through with Richter. Ended up getting 75% of the way through the game. And that might be as far as I ever get with him. Because it just gets brutally hard. I mean, it just gets harder and harder and harder. But, um... You know, I felt like, okay, well, there are some really cool level things going on with level design. Um, there's some great, I mean, really fantastic bosses. And, um, you know, I was like, well, you know, at least I got to see more of the game and, and like it more than I did when I first picked it up. And then I unlocked Maria, and it's like, oh, wow, now I can actually kind of play this. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, I can, I can enjoy yeah. this. It's a lot more breezy with her. It's just more... Definitely old school that you have to unlock the easy mode or the the, the <laughs> yes. sane mode. Um, yes. <laughs> very old school. There you go. It's a good game if you like Castlevania of any kind, even the newer ones. I, I do recommend going back and trying it, um, and uh, try to be patient with it because the game's virtues aren't immediately apparent. Mm -hmm. You know, but there's a reason it was highly sought after by collectors for so many years before it finally came out in America. It's actually available in a couple of forms now. One of them is on PSP, but it sounds like uh, the the Virtual Console version is, is the preferred. Oh yes, oh yes. Well, that's the original. You know, yeah. it's basically just a just a ROM. So okay, that, well, we got one more game for you. Um, yep, it's a good one with really good music in this one. Really good.
Johnny's getting disoriented here. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Oh, dear. Well, <sighs> Shouldn't have eaten all those shrooms. <laughs> 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 very techno yeah what a had an interesting kind of build up and breakdown whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. um, I don't know I like that song nice beat so the question is what is the unusual method of charging the hero's attacks and abilities
see why you picked that song. Yeah. All right. So this game is Pulse Man, mm-hmm. which uh, was originally only in Japan, but mm-hmm. uh, has come out once again on Virtual Console. Uh, and it was a Genesis game uh, created by Game Freaks. Yeah, so if um, you ever wondered what Pokemon music would sound like on the Genesis sound chip, exactly. that last song is the closest you'll ever hear. Well, the internet rumors say that uh, actually the, the one of the battle themes from Pokemon is a head nod to that song. Hmm. I mean, the, oh, the second yeah. half of that song sounds exactly like the Pokemon battle theme. Right. I mean, so um, it's quite possible that... It is a Pokemon song. Yeah, exactly. Basically, um, Pulseman is a is an interesting platformer. Um, the, the character is it's like a hybrid, half human, half robot, or something, or half he, electronic character. Half he looks really generic to me, Pulseman. I mean, he's he's red. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the character design. I'm talking about like the story concept. Oh, I, I have no um, idea. I mean, it's in Japanese. Um, I just uh, okay. I guess I looked it up at some point. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the character design itself is, is pretty generic, but the, the levels themselves are pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is you kind of swapping back and forth between the real world, and, and which is a futuristic world, and like within computers. And so some of like the, in, the areas inside of the electronic world are you're like walking around in RAM or other kind of surreal um, visual landscapes. And it's certainly uses the uh, color palette of the Genesis to the extreme. It does. Um, it looks almost like a treasure game, just in the in the visual ingenuity going on. Yeah. I mean, the, it's actually pretty zoomed in on the character, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. I think He's all big. the action yeah. is is, uh, is very close quarters. Um, and I, it has some good boss battles. I um, think it. I think the camera's actually a little too zoomed in. It, it, it is. It's kind of like playing on the Game Boy. Like a it's like playing, playing Sonic on Game Gear. It's not, it's not that bad, because, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, um, the game has a pace to it that is similar to Sonic, because Pulse Man is, he runs very fast, and actually, and this goes to the hint question, um, you charge up, all of his powers are electricity-based, and you charge up his powers by running, so it's like you're building up static, and then you discharge it with some kind of attack, or this, he has this weird, like, kind of sparky... It's not a teleport, but he turns into a spark and he kind of bounces around diagonally. Yeah. And you can use that to cross large distances. Very tricky. Yeah, it's hard to use, but mm. eventually they really require you to like aim for a little hole you can bounce <laughs> around inside of it. Some of the level design's a little weird. And it's annoying yeah. too because if you miss, then you have to go and like just run around for a while to build <laughs> your energy back up. That, that's yeah. kind of what turned me off. I mean, it's an it sounds good on paper, but when you actually try to build your platformer around this. It, it's, it's not that great. And the other thing yeah. is, if you don't have any static built up at all, his attack is so wimpy that it's almost useless. So you pretty much have to have some static built up all the time in order to move forward. Um, but it, it is a beautiful game. I think the music's really good. It doesn't really sound like a Genesis game, which is a compliment. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I, I like the game. I... I... I played through maybe half the game, but it's it's a lot of fun, and um, the way it's structured, I think there's a little bit of flexibility, so that like after you beat the first level, I think you have like three levels you can choose amongst. So if you get stuck on one, you can attempt another one, although it's not recommended because you lose your progress, I think. Or maybe once you start, I guess you can't exit that level, maybe. 
But the idea is if you're replaying it, you could try a different level at least. So it's a yeah. little bit of Mega Man there. Yeah. In the level level selection. Yeah, I. it sounds like you probably played more of it than I did. Um, I, I played the first couple levels and was like, hmm, it's not as much fun as it looks. No, it, it grew but, on me. I mean, I agree that the running, trying having to run to charge is, gets a little annoying, especially when you keep missing your jump or whatever. Um, but you you get more efficient at doing that, so it's not as much of an issue. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they built a little bit into the level design where it's like you have to figure out where you can run. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's like you, they make it part of the game that you have to figure out where you can run to charge, that right. kind of thing. Right. So, it, I don't know. There, there's some definitely some interesting stuff in there. I, I would recommend it. Um, and I, I wish that Game Freak would do another game that was... Not necessarily like this game, but something other than Pokemon. I mean, they did Drill Dozer, which is completely different than Pulse Man or Pokemon. I mean, that's that's the thing about Game Freak. It seems like they have really a lot of creativity. We, we, you know, when, if you look at the variety of the games that they've made, and yeah, I'm with you. I'm. I feel like they need to take a few years break from Pokemon because it seems like they have a lot of potential to do other things that are really quite interesting. But Pokemon is so lucrative. It just seems like, how hard is it really for them to hand that series off to someone else? You know. Well, they well they do for some games, and apparently they kind of botch it. But yeah. that yeah. maybe that's why. Maybe they've been trying, and everyone they've given it to has done kind of a a crummy job. Be it the Coliseum games. It's true. The, Genius Sonority didn't do a great job on the GameCube when they tried to make their kind of quasi Pokemon RPGs for GameCube. Yeah, so maybe that's what they're running into. Maybe they're finding that no one else quite, just quite gets it. Such a specialized thing. They should give it to. I don't know. I don't know if it's actually Enix who makes the Dragon Quest Monsters games. Maybe it's probably Tosei. <laughs> very well could be. Um, I don't know, but there are other companies making these kinds of games very successfully, actually. So yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah, I'm with you. I, I I want Game Freaks to be set free a little more often because they do make some interesting stuff. Like I said, I have problems with Pulse Man, but it is one of those games I got on Virtual Console, and I really f- feel like I want to go back to it and play more of it. You know, give it another shot because it's a, it has a lot of interesting ideas. It looks and it sounds really good. So. Yep. So, Drill Dozer and, and Pulse Man, the only other games that Game Freaks apparently has ever it's made. It's the only ones I know of. I, I'm sure they've made some stuff before Pulse Man, but I don't, I don't know what. Anyway, uh, that rounds up our episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed this uh, import special. Mm-hmm. This whatever, what do they call it in Europe? The Hanabi Festival. Hanabi Festival. <laughs> yeah. Hanabi Festival. Something like that. Uh, episode, except for North America. Um, and uh, thank you, Johnny, for for doing all the work this time. Oh, you're very welcome. And uh, you've still got to edit it. Uh, this is true. I, I'm doing most of the work. I take that back. Uh, ho- hopefully, this episode will be out on time. I'm uh, I'm a little busy this week, so I apologize in, in advance, sort of retroactively. If uh, <laughs> when you, <laughs> I'm apologizing in advance, you won't hear it until it's been posted late. So. Uh, <laughs> Temporal breaking the fourth wall here. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, keep listening. You can hear Jonathan Metz, of course, on Radio Free Nintendo, um, and uh, you know, there's also the newscast, which Zach last week was 
uh, he's a regular on that. So mm-hmm. uh, check those out and uh, stay tuned. Submit your requests. Uh, you can email me, typ at nintendoworldreport.com, or use the form I'll link for the story for this episode. So either way, give me your requests. I need them. So uh, please, please, please send them. And with that, I think that covers everything. Any final words, Johnny? Um, thanks for listening. Hope you liked it. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Fantasy 3 is copyright 2006, Square Enix. Alien Soldier is copyright 1995, Sega. Sin and Punishment, successor to the Earth, is copyright 2000, Treasure, Nintendo. Castlevania, Rondo of Blood is copyright 1993, Konami. Pulseman is copyright 1994, Sega, Game Freak.